When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome into this episode of the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas. As every week, I'm joined by Gary Washford and H. Rod Blakely. Hello, hello. How are you two doing? We're wonderful, Kwani. How are you today? I'm doing well. <laughs> What's up, Kwani? Gary is already... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know, I, Gary's already checked out. Goofy mood. All right. We'll talk about the Celtics. I know that's what you guys want to hear. The Celtics off to a 3-0 and start. What, what have you gained so far? They defeated the Wizards on Monday afternoon. That's the most recent game. So we could just start with that one. Jalen Brown's 36 points, 8 for 13 on three. Tatum with 33 points. All right. What do you think about this team? It's three games in. We're going to have to overreact every single week now. <laughs> well, they already got the championship. They got the week one championship obviously. already locked up. Obviously, in the end season tournament. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, they're, listen, they're they're balling out. They're doing the things that you're supposed to do when you're the favorite. I, I like, uh, and Joe Mazzulla has talked about this a little bit about just the way they've approached games. Uh, they have a very business like uh, mindset. They're just going out there handling business. The thing I loved about the Washington game was that Washington was very undermanned in the middle and all, or excuse me, in the front court with, due to injuries and things like that. The Celtics played bully ball for that first quarter to build that lead up. I mean, you saw Tatum in the post. You saw Jalen in the post. Drew Holiday in the post. Guys were just basically bullying their way to the basket. And that opened things up on the perimeter. And for me, that was a great example of what happens when you have a game plan, executed well, and you take it to that next level. For them, it was simply establishing control of the game with your inside play. And then that opens things up on the perimeter, which, you know, Jalen, Jason, and, you know, all those guys were able to really make Washington pay from the perimeter. And that's the way you got to do it if you're the Celtics. I mean, you have to put your foot on people's necks not when you have that opportunity, particularly when you're playing a weak team like Washington. I thought that they really took care of business early. They knocked the team out. Remember, Washington had beaten Memphis two nights before pretty good, right? Washington is a team that's young, rebuilding, but they still got Jordan Poole, who can drop 30. They still have Kyle Kuzma, who can drop 30. Tyus Jones is a pretty good point guard. Like, they're – how do I put this? They're not trash. They're not a trash team. They're just a rebuilding team with some talent, and they got some guys who – you know, Corey. Respectfully, Christian. they're not a trash team, right? I, I was waiting for yeah, Respectfully. First of all, they're not a trash team. Um, second of all, second of all, <laughs> they're not a trash team. They're not a trash team. But they're this they're, they're gonna go to the lottery. Like they're in rebuild mode, right? I feel bad for my for my guy West Unsailed up there. They gave him a job and then they trade Beal, and now he's got a bunch of kids, and it's like new, you know, he's he's on the on the hook, you know, maybe on the hot seat for maybe the first coach to get fired after Billy Donovan in Chicago because it just, mm. just like they want to go fresh and new and Unsell's kind of caught in the middle. But mm. that could have been a, a trap game for the Celtics, right? I mean, just as Wednesday against Indy, Indy has a good good club. So mm. we'll see how that goes. But 
it could have been a trap game. They could have struggled. They've had their slip-ups in Washington. It's not have been a place that they've won consistently over the years. They've had ups and downs. And they came here and took care of business. Jumped out 37-11. to 11. The crowd got into it. And I was there. And it was like, I would say like two one-third Celtic crowd in there, if not more. Like there was all types of Celtic fans in the house right behind the bench. It was like Celtic South in that joint because obviously the the Wizards fans are just coming to watch basketball. They don't expect yeah. to win. They hit come the Celtics with Tatum. I mean, them dudes come out like they was cheering like they was the Globetrotters or whatever. I mean, it was it was crazy to see the environment. Usually, I mean, there's road venues that the Celtics go on and that there's good amount of fans there. L.A. Um, there's some in San Francisco, but Washington might be the one that's the most overwhelming because the, there's like the ratio is off. Yeah, not all that many Wizards fans. I think people are going because they just want to watch basketball. You know, there's not a lot of diehard Wizards fans going to the games. So the well Celtics fans took over. So it was a good environment, and for them to show up and punch them in the mouth, put the hey, we taking care of you, and then as we know. Joe Missoula has a very good memory, and he still kicks himself over that loss to Brooklyn last year where they led by 28 points in the first half. They were doing all this trickery stuff and behind-the-back passes and, and, and dunks, and they were playing with the game, and they ended up losing the game by 10, right? Uh, and that was just something that he never forgot. So I like the way that the team kept their foot on Washington's neck in the third quarter. They're up 20 eight, I think, or 26 at halftime, and then they just go on, jump on an eight-nothing, seven, eight-nothing run to begin the third quarter, like, nah, y'all ain't, y'all ain't chipping away here. You're not you're not doing this. And then by the time the starters went out, the Celtics are up 33. Now, we can talk about the bench in the fourth quarter because that got ugly, um, and it shouldn't have been 126-107. The, the Woodson shouldn't have got 100 points in that game, but – I like the way that the Celtics took care of business. And I just think they're, the business-like approach is there. Jalen was hot, smoking hot from the three. Tatum kind of came in. And it was interesting, and we, you know, but it was like you could see, like, you could see Jordan Poole, and he ain't Golden State no more. But he, So he got the green light to do all his, his you know, melee, all his chaos, all his, you know, silly stuff taking 30-footers, making bad passes. And then Kuzma kind of was trying to turn this into like a one-on-one with Tatum. But Tatum – Never works. Yeah, Tatum is better. And Kuzma's three years older. Like, if you really realize they're from the same draft, but Kuzma was 22 when he got drafted, and Tatum was 19. So Tatum's like a superstar, 19. and Kuzma's still trying to find Kuzma 28. But you could tell how he was going at Tatum – and how he was trying to make it kind of like, I got, like, no, nah, man, it's my night. And Jason Jason put it on him in the third quarter to kind of, you know, to, to get, because, you know, Jalen get 36. Jason's like, okay, I got to get my 30, right? So Jason got his 30, and they both left the game. And, you know, to me, I thought it was a good, good litmus test for a team. We've known the Celtics to struggle with team, lesser teams over the years, including last year. Remember, they lost that those two games to Orlando at home, and that kind of started a real bad skid. So I was impressed with the way they handled business. And and they got, you know, their schedule over the next, you got Indiana, Brooklyn, and then Minnesota, teams they should beat. So let's see how they handle those. 
Gary, you did mention the bench, though. I, we can just get right into that as well. What more do, are you looking to see from the Celtics in their, quote, supposed depth? I'm looking. Hey, hey, Gary, first of all, be respectful. First and of second all. of all, respectfully, <laughs> what do you have to say? First of all, first of all <laughs> me, myself, I think that um, the me bench, <laughs> me, myself, I think they need to score. Okay, how about hit a basket? That's breaking news. <laughs> like, hit a basket. Like, Horford is the only one who off the bench who is scoring. And it's and it is three games in. They got plenty of time, but how many open shots can Hauser and Pritchard miss? They are combined four for 25 from the three-point line in the early season. And basically, yesterday, the fourth quarter, you know, you team blows out one team, both teams put in their, their end-of-the-bench guys, two-way guys, dudes, non-guarantee. So dudes is playing hard, right? And so the Wizards has played harder. They were tougher. Like this Eugene Obajimi guy, this dude had 14 points in like like nine minutes. Like he was, there was one play where like um, Cornette had a rebound, had the ball, and like dude just grabbed it from him and took it from him like, Luke, fight for the ball. Like, you're seven foot. Be tougher. Like, they just – I didn't like their, their energy. You know, I liked Lamar Stevens came in and made some, did some good things, but Delano Blanton was a minus 17. Hauser missing countless open threes. Pritchard missing open threes. Like, those shots have to go down. You do not want your starting lineup to be worn the hell out uh, by come April. Like you gotta have bit more bench support. You gotta hit buckets. And if they have to go out and get another bucket getter, then I'm if I'm Brad, I'm not saying they're gonna do it now. It's we're not even in November yet. November's tomorrow. So give them plenty of time. But I'm just not encouraged by we we saw a playoff P in I mean, sorry, preseason P with Pritchard, and he ain't carried that over to the regular season. And Hauser getting him open threes. He hit two, but he, had, he he was, I think he missed his first six. Then he had two late ones, really late garbage time, but he's going to get open shots. And so is Pritchard. They have to hit those to make defenses respective. And then I, I'm not sure Sherrod's buddy, O'Shea Brissett, I think he had a real positive impact against Miami, not so much <laughs> against the Wizards. He's still, he's, he's not shooting well. And I saw him that game in Indiana where he hit seven threes against the Celtics, so he's capable. Banton, I still don't know about. I don't know, and and maybe they sent him to the G League. I don't know why he didn't put Jordan Walsh in the game. Like, I didn't know why. Like, he's the only one that didn't play. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets 
that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling helpline ma.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. I did mention that we were going to overreact to everything because it's still very early on in the season. So let's overreact a little bit more. As you both know, right now, the Celtics are the only undefeated team in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference, a little more competition. Nuggets and Mavs are still up. Warriors, Thunder. So right now, whatever you want to pick, you can pick. But who do you think are some of the best teams? Whether it's the current (laughs) record right now aside or not, feel free to, to elaborate on who you think looks the best right now. Denver. Denver and Boston. I, I think those are, to me, I think that they're not only are they, I think, playing a little bit better than some of those other teams, they're just built differently to sustain the ups and downs, the ebbs the and flows. Hashtag different here. Look at you. That's their Twitter <laughs> hashtag. You like that, it's huh? different here? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's just old, like, Boston being different. They couldn't go unfinished business again. <laughs> nah, because that unfinished business wasn't finished. So then they would just really go We really go to unfinished business now. First of all, we're gonna finish it. Second of all, we're gonna finish. We're here now. If you no, gotta talk I, about I, finishing I, it, it won't be different here. Yeah, we're di- <laughs> different. Uh the Celtics, the Celtics and the Nuggets, I think, are, are just a, a slight head and shoulders above the others uh, because of the way they're built, because of the way that they've been playing. And because what to me stands out with and more so Boston and Denver is the ability to have different players impact the game significantly. You know, Denver is all about Jokic, but you look at some of the things that Aaron Gordon is doing and, and Murray uh, and some of the other guys, they've got a multitude of guys. Stepping up and in Boston, you know, Tatum, Brown, Derek White, Drew Holiday, Przingis, you start going down the line, you have a team, two teams that have a lot of hands on deck that are making it so that this team becomes very difficult to beat. And like we touched on earlier, the thing I like about the Celtics, what they're doing is they are simply playing to whatever they need to do to beat you. Like when they look over at the Washington Wizards and realize that that team has a front court that isn't that much bigger than us three right here. And so what do they do? They play bully ball. And it wasn't just one guy. It was the entire team. One of the first plays they went to, they got a switch with Porzingis and he looks behind him and he's got a little itty bitty Jordan Poole next to him. That is what those great teams are capable of doing. They recognize what they needed to be successful on any given night, and they focus on doing that one thing exceptionally well. And that's why I think Denver and Boston are probably the two best teams. Dallas is going to – they're going to take a few steps back for all said and done. I, I just don't think that what they're doing is going to be sustainable. Uh, even though Memphis is at the back of the pack now, Owen, whatever the hell they are now, I still think that team is going to get right at some point between now and the plus and be one of the top five teams out West when all said and done. I ain't giving up on Marcus Smart just because y'all did. Just because y'all did. They ain't, ain't looking too I'm right. with you, Smart. That's my dog. Well, I, I'm I'm going to unfortunately agree with Sherrod and go. the Denver Nuggets are still, to me, the best team in the league. They're blowing teams out. They went to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma Smash City. them. 
Yeah, had one at Chicago, at, at, at Cleveland to begin the season, and they beat up on OKC. Then OKC comes back and beats Detroit. So it's not an OKC problem. Denver's the problem. Denver's a problem for every team in the league. Dallas, I think they're they're relying a lot on Luka, uh, but I think they need to get better defensively. They have with Derek Lively, the rookie from Duke. What uh, about Grant? Grant's doing good. Grant's starting. We're all happy for Grant. Got the starting spot that he needed and wanted and deserved. Well, he was about to overlook Grant. You saw that, right? He was going to yeah. just ease on past him. Yeah, we forgot. Put some respect on G. Much respect for Grant Williams. I, I really am happy he got his. He's getting his minutes. The team to look out for, though, Sherrod, is the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors they lost that opener to Phoenix. And they have been sweeping teams up. They won. They beat the breaks off the Pelicans. The Pelicans had gotten off to a good start. Right. Steph Curry's playing well. Chris Paul's mixing in with that second unit. Look out yeah. for the Warriors. Now, some teams that I think are not as good as I thought, the Lakers, the Los Angeles, they barely beat Orlando last night. They lost to Sacramento the night before. They barely beat Phoenix without Durant and – sorry – Booker and Beal the other night, they had to have, LeBron had to go 2006 on Foos to carry them to the victory. I'm not as convinced with the Lakers, with their quote-unquote depth, as I thought. And it's only game three or four for some of these teams. They'll figure it out, I guess. But I was expecting more from the Lakers because of their depth. Gabe Vincent isn't playing much. Cam Reddish is back to being Cam Reddish. Like um, Christian Wood, you know, is is working out okay. AD and LeBron are playing well. D'Angelo Russell is still all over the place, you know. Um, you know, how does it feel to be a damn inconsistent D'Angelo? How does it feel? Never mind. Um, Kwani didn't get that. She was like four years old. I, I feel like, like I know where you were going with that, but I didn't get it. I no, get, it, didn't right? get it. I didn't expect you to get how does it feel. That's <laughs> I expect you to get it. Yeah, that was like 97. Uh, Kwani was in preschool anyway. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Kwani was handling taking, taking little like taking lunch pails, lunch money in the, yeah. in the jersey. Look, no responsibilities were had, okay? I was <laughs> living my best Anyway, so I, I, I mean. Um, there's some teams that are up and down, but give it to the Celtics. They have exceed. They have to me exceeded expectations so far. We'll see what's up with the next schedule. Milwaukee's a team that's you know they got blown out by Atlanta at home with Giannis and um Lillard. That was kind of crazy. That was like whoa, wait a minute. Like Atlanta handled them, and then they would come back and beat the Heat. But the Heat, the Heat's already like we could talk about this. We should talk about this. This whole like new like. And it's it, you know what I'm gonna blame this on Sherrod. You know why? Sherrod's boy Joe Dumars laid down the hammer. It's an 82 game season. Y'all fools better play. He tried to go old school on him, and these youngsters yeah. like, oh, okay, old man. We got, your, we got your low. We got your low man. We got your 82 games a season. And this ain't the 90s. I'm taking. Oh, oh, my hamstring. <laughs> I need a game. Oh, 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 my back. Oh, my neck. Oh, oh, neck spasms. Oh, I can't play. Oh, so Fools is missing just as many games now as they did. Miami rested out of bio. They rested Jimmy Butler the night after they lost to the Celtics. 
Donovan Mitchell missed two, a game along with Darius Garland, missed the loss to Oklahoma City. In spite of him. That's what I mean, doing. it's crazy. It's, and, and it's Sherrod's fault. His boy, Joe Dumars, laid the hammer down and them kids. It was like, oh, are you trying to tell us what you think we should do? I got something for you, old. We're not going to do. This ain't, the bad, this, ain't, this ain't the bad boys. <laughs> like, Gary, here's the, but here's the problem, Gary, what these young boys don't understand. Uncle Joe is trying to do them a solid. Because yeah. Uncle Joe is trying to make sure that when they when networks are looking to, to do the new media rights deal, that they have something that is meaty for them to like deal with. Like, if they're looking yeah. around and saying, damn, well, we got all these players left and right missing games. I don't know if we should be paying this amount of money that the NBA is looking for. Maybe we should pay this smaller number because we're actually getting less bang for our buck if we pay that top number. So young fellas and, and not so young fellas who are missing games, y'all keep missing them games right now. Guess what else you're going to be missing? You're going to be missing some of that cheddar. So Uncle Joe is trying to have he try, yeah. Are you saying see what happens? See what happens, fool. <laughs> see what happens. That's, see that's what old happens. school right there. See what happens. See what happens. Keep missing them games. See what happens. Right. They're gonna be looking around and be like, where my money? Where my money? <laughs> right on the sideline. Tell you what happened. You, all you last see, season. Yeah, quite, quite don't, quite don't know. Quite don't know about see what happens. <laughs> but I, that's what your parents will tell you. So keep, keep doing, keep, keep doing keep, that. Keep, keep it up, on keep the bed. See, see what happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You want to? You want to? You want to? You want to test one of the three? You look, look under each box and see what, what you what prize you get. Like lift uh, ass whooping it under box one. <laughs> No video games under box two. Like, yeah, guess one of these boxes for the prize. Yeah, see what happens. Real talk, though, I, I feel like the Clippers uh, in their dealings with Philadelphia were kind of play that. See what happens. Go ahead, hold out from what you want. See what happens. See what happens. Now look, now look at what they got. You cued me up perfectly. Let's talk about the trade that everyone's been wanting to talk about or listen to about this entire podcast episode. Gary, your <laughs> boy. Our friend, James Desmond, our friend Desmond Tutu. Yeah, you're your no, hero. James Harden. Friend, Mahatma Gandhi. You're, the most benevolent baller to Give me to the people. The I am James Harden. I will sacrifice. I will sacrifice four whole million dollars of my ninety million dollars salary to sign other players. Please worship me. Hey, <laughs> Gary, don't say I never did that for you. James, don't say I never did that for you. <laughs> damn. Man, sit your ass down, James. Yeah, the St. James is headed he to he L.A. Did. That's exactly what he been doing. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's doing headed here? to L.A. to the Clippers. They get James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philly ends up getting Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum. There's a, a they get a lot. KJ Martin, some picks yeah. as well. Who won this deal in your opinion? But then also, what does this trade mean for Boston? You know who won this deal? Nobody. Philly. Oh. Philly. I was Philly won the deal. I'm gonna tell you why. Philly had a player who was just simply sucking up air, taking up space, giving you absolutely zero benefit by keeping him around you now have brought in a bunch of players who aren't as good as james harden but guess what they go and play and you get some some picks out of it as well and you just might stumble upon one or two guys that 
can actually help you win some games. Philadelphia, with James Harden, as dysfunctional as he was, was not going to win a championship. Without him, at least now you've got some hope of competing for the postseason. And actually, you might even get out of the first round. But to me, the they are the winners simply because they got players who actually can play. I'm not convinced when you start looking at Paul George, you start looking at Kawhi Leonard, you got, you know, you, you got Russ and now you got James. That's a lot of ballers who need the ball in their hands to be effective. Who is going to sacrifice? Maybe it'll be the benevolent baller himself, James Harden, who will sacrifice. Cause that, you benevolent know, that's baller. Okay. The benevolent baller is all about sacrifice. That's Gary's boy. Y'all with the same height. Um, that, that's your middle school homie. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. They go way back y'all. Yeah, trying to act like they don't know each that's other. <laughs> like you don't know me. Um, Philadelphia won the trade. Like, cause Sherrod, I agree with Sherrod, unfortunately, again, I don't know what's going, gotten into me. Um, the fact they got Marcus Morris with a chip on his shoulder going back home. Now, Marcus is not the player he once was, and, and it's tough to see because we saw really good Marcus Morris in Boston. That was the best version of him. I yeah, think. like Marcus Morris, like I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed his time as a Celtic. I thought I, I was sad to let him, they, they let him go to the Knicks and all that, and, but he's coming with a chip on his shoulder. Nicholas Batum can, can help you, not greatly like he used to, Robert Covington, same situation. KJ Martin's an athletic, another athlete they can throw in. Because look at what they've done. They've got Embiid balling. Tyrese Maxey taking that next step. Kelly Oubre has been a factor for them. And that was a thing. Kelly's always been kind of up and down. And 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 everybody didn't know, because remember, he didn't sign till late. People weren't unsure how he would react to a winning situation. Can we trust Kelly? Kelly kind of flaky. Kelly kind of do his own thing. Can But so far, Kelly is within the team, and he's taken that third scoring role. So I think Philadelphia's greatly helped themselves, and like Sherrod said, like Harden was at home chilling like bro, man. I mean, he was just he was just eating, those, eating, a, eating a sandwich, you know, using, <laughs> using Martin's new CD player. You know, it's like, like – you're not only living pepper wings. Quanta, you get that reference, right? Yes, I get Thank that. You. I was about to. Uh, I was about to. It's always something with y'all. <laughs> anyway, Harden was chilling. He wasn't going to play. And if you throw him in a game, he was going to half ass it. So get him out of there. The Clippers, like, if you're talking about the all the all-star team from 2016, hell yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking Kawhi Paul. Russ and freaking James Harden. I'm telling you, oh, it's an all-star team. That's in 2016. Yeah, it's 2023. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? Like Paul and Kawhi, you hope they stay healthy. Russ is 34, and Harden. Like, is LA a good place for him? Respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> I saw some memes. I don't. Well, I mean, LA the spot. Y'all saw the meme about the strippers that are so excited for him to be in LA. I was just gonna say it. I don't know if LA's the place. <laughs> when I was a kid and growing up in LA, the the motto of the city was LA is the place. LA's the place, right? Yeah. <laughs> LA might not be and if you, in peace y'all, bank account. your listeners are from LA, uh podcasters, we watching this from LA. They remember yeah, tag us, let us know. <laughs> LA's the place. It is not the place for James Harden. I don't know if it's LA's the place. For him to be like, <laughs> you know, you hope that 
at 33, 34, he matures, but he still likes to get out. And he says, you know what? I can't do what at home what I did do in Houston. Like, I can't get out like that. I can't have my crew. I can't have all the homies. I, I don't think that's have... going to happen at oh, the hope. Hell yeah, he can do that. You hope that he said, yeah, I'm that. trying to win a chip. And I got to lock in and focus. I'm sure. Yeah, I, will, but... I will say, I'm sure Kawhi, especially in Paul, and even and Westbrook will pull him aside and go, okay, James, we know how you roll. Okay. Will all, them dudes, will all them dudes got families and stuff. We don't get out like do you. You think they Maybe. will though? I don't think they pull. I think they got to oh, tell him to control himself. Like wait till wait till June when we win the chip. You can spend the all. You can, you can go. You can run buck naked down Crenshaw. Like oh, I like I'll donate a million. Yeah, go you know, go. go butt naked down Crenshaw and Slauson. Realistically, this like, would be, that's not like Gary. Do, James. This is what's gonna happen. June. He's, he's gonna have an episode where he's gonna be rolling where he shouldn't be rolling. Doing his his part to you know his stimulus package for the community of LA in his own way of, of providing them with with funds, and they're gonna have a big exactly they're gonna have a game where it's gonna be clear as day that James just didn't come with it today that he left whatever whatever game he had he didn't bring that game to the he gym. left it at, at and another that's establishment when, <laughs> right and that's when Paul and you know and and. Somebody gonna go together be like James. This what we just had what just happened. We can't let that happen no more. There's mm-hmm. going to have to be a moment like that. And Tyler, they're going to have to have that happen for him to rein him in. Because if you come at him before he does something, it's going to go in one ear right He'll out. Get down. defensive, yeah. Just like it always has with him. Just like it. I mean, it, this is just who he is. And let's be real; these are grown men. Like they, they should know at this point. I imagine they realize whether good or bad, they are held accountable for their right. decisions. But there's only so much you can say to someone until, like you said, it blows up where you can actually butt in and be like, "Yo, like, do you want to win here, or what exactly Gary, is your agenda?" Yeah. He's at that point now where he ain't changing. Yeah. This the change that you're talking about, Gary, should have happened at thirty, thirty-one when you still have major game left. And you had a chance to win a chip. And now Why don't we talk to James Harden. I'm not talking to James Harden. That's Gary. Yeah, like a letter to James. A letter. Dear James. An open letter. Open letter to James Harden. <laughs> you don't know who Dear I am. James, yeah. I'm going to channel my inner James Evans and talk to you like that. Oh, get oh. James Evans. Give him the James Evans speech. You know who we should get to talk to? God bless his soul. It's is it's Mr. Jones, Craig's <laughs> Craig's daddy from Friday. What the hell are you oh. out there in the street for? That would work. You should be out there shooting jumpers. He should be in a gym. <laughs> what, the hell you, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Boy, you want to play for the Clippers. Yeah. I think it'd be a success. Get your head out of the street club. Yeah, like, we need... The, what's gone in our community is the old school father. Oh, Lord. Here we you go. Know, <laughs> the James Evans. I used to say the Carl Winslow's. You know... The I was Mr. a big Jones. fan of Carl Winslow. James the, Evans was my dude. The Mr. Jones, the Mr. Joneses, the authoritarian father. James needs James Harden, and 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 I think all of us hope for the best. Like because he's such an entertaining player when he's on, when he's engaged, he's locked in. He's so fun to watch. You know, he has changed the game, and not maybe not for the for the necessarily positive, but offensively. Change the game. Everybody does the four steps after they like stop. He invented that. Like everything that 
offensively, his moves, his arsenal, getting to the line, locking dudes' arms up. Like, that's James Harden. So for me, it's fun to watch him when he's locked in. When he was busting the Celtics' ass, it was like, damn, that's real old-school 2015 James Harden. It's 2023. Can he do that as often, and will he be focused enough in Los Angeles, in L.A., to, to stay focused for a whole season? There's 79 games left. Like, that's a long season. You know, and I know people, the strip club owners or, you know, the, the wild, you know. The, they got a draft pick. It's like they got the number one draft the players pick. Club they got is, the Wimby. They got the Wimby of strip clubs. The Players Club the is unicorn. reopening. <laughs> the Players Club is reopening, you know. We <laughs> are God expanding bless. hours of service. With God bless, with God bless our friend Bernie Mac, you know. Trouble, trouble. Like, we, like the Players Club is opening all the everybody's ramping up because Harden's back in town. So <laughs> let's hope, let's hope he, I just want to see him at his best and see how good they can be when all the four guys are locked in. That's all I got. No more strip. I like it. I like it. So quickly, let's add a game of pick and roll to this. Sherrod, you mentioned how Boston and Denver were your number ones on the East and West respectively. So Pick and roll, Boston or Denver, who do you think is most impacted by this trade? I, th- I would say that the Celtics only because, you know, Philly now is a little bit more scrappy, a little more feisty, a, t- a team that I still think the Celtics are significantly better than. But if you meet them in the playoffs, it's probably going to be a, a harder series now than it would have been if they would have kept James Harden and kept their team status quo. Uh, whereas when I look at the Clippers, um, to me, they got to have the perfect storm in order to really challenge Denver. Like, they've got to have a healthy Kawhi, a healthy Paul George, uh, a, a kind of a three, four years ago version of Westbrook. And the wild card in all this, James Harden, is he going to be able to blend in with that group without being a, st- a standout for all the wrong reasons? A lot of things have to go a certain way uh, for that Clippers team to really be a serious, legitimate threat to, to Denver. So and whereas Philly, you just know they're not going to win a championship, but they're going to they're going to play hard. They're going to be a much harder playing team and a, a tougher team to get past uh if you see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with Sherrod again. Oh boy. I think something it affects the Celtics more because now now Philly knows who they are. They know the players are coming in. They know what they need to do. Nick Nurse no longer has to worry about how am I going to get through to James Harden? He is gone. The players are going to come in. They're going to be motivated. Remember, Robert Covington's played there before during the tough times of the process. Uh, so he's back. He's back in one of his old teams. Marcus Morris is from Philly. He's Philly, Philly proud. I mean, ain't no more Philly than Mar- Marcus Morris. I love that dude. Uh, Nicholas Batum, a total pros pro. So he'll do whatever he's supposed to do. KJ Martin, obviously an athlete, a guy who probably needs to be in a more of a winning situation than he was in Houston. So I think the Philly can ramp up and get excited. And now with Nick Nurse as a coach, move take a positive step forward and say, listen, we can compete with Milwaukee and Boston in the East. I don't think – I think Philly's thrilled about this because they got kind of what they wanted. They didn't get Terrence Mann. Where the Clippers, like Sherrod said, like everything got to go right and things just don't go right for the Clippers. I covered the Clippers – Many many years ago, and they was, <laughs> and they was can't get right then. Was Pumar on the team then, Gary? 
Poole Rich, Poo Richardson, yes. Richardson? Der and Derek Martin, yes. That's, yeah. They're one in the same. Like, they yeah, Poo Martin, Derek Richardson, you know. Both, exactly. They both went to UCLA. That's their, their commonality. So, like, we every time we, the Clippers, remember the Clippers in 19, they signed Kawhi, they blew a 3-1 lead in the bubble. Lou, Lou, Lou Williams got caught with the chicken wings. Cat, cats didn't want to, cats didn't want to, like, come to the bubble. They weren't engaged. Then injuries have taken over the last few years. So with the Clippers, you're sort of waiting for the for the shoe to drop. Like y'all ain't gonna be completely healthy and completely engaged. And the one dude who can mess it up, as we talked about, is James Harden. So, but I don't think this, this makes him the best team in the West. I think they're gonna need 20 to 30 games to figure out how Harden works into the offense. But if he's engaged, they're a real contender. I don't know about Denver, but I do think they're in that second tier. Quickly looking ahead to the next few games before we reconvene for our podcast. They play the Pacers at home, the Nets in Brooklyn, the Timberwolves in Minnesota. I think we'll record by then. So those next three games, what are your expectations from the Celtics? And is there any matchups particularly that you're looking forward to the most? What you got, Gary? Well, yeah, all of them. Indiana's a tricky team. Um, They've been a little bit up and down, but they got a lot of talent. Remember Bruce Brown, Obi Toppins now with Halliburton, uh, Buddy Hill, our friend Eric ne- Aaron Niesma signed an extension with him, so they view, view him as a, as kind of a, a piece for the future. Our friend Daniel Tice, who looked like uh, who looked like you know Detlef Shrimp, like a do- dominant player in the World Championships. That's and, right. Put uh, some respect he, on his name. Gene. I yeah. cannot. Put <laughs> some respect on Milo's daddy. But. Um, you know, so that's an interesting game. Brooklyn, Cam Thomas, Sherrod's buddy, Cam Thomas, the kid from LSU. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's all, he, I think he got 100 points in his first three games. Like, yeah, he's putting them up. And he so, don't D up. He don't play no defense, but he gets no, you buckets. But they'll score, and that's a dangerous team. And then, you know, Minnesota, the Ant Man, that's a tough place for them to play. So, three challenging games. If the Celtics don't focus, they should win all three. But three challenging games and three games that should test them. And that's what at this point, you don't want to see them win every game by 30. You want to see them get tested. You want to see them how they defend Thomas, how they defend Anthony Edwards, how they deal with Gobert, how they deal with uh Miles Turner. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a nice little intriguing stretch for them. Yeah, I mean the, the one thing we've seen from the Celtics so far is the their ability to adapt to whatever opponent they're facing. Uh when they have a team that's weak in the front court, they play bully ball. When they've got a team that maybe is a little bit more rigid around the middle, they kill them from outside. Uh and and defensively their ability to just rotate and and that 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 2-1-2 two, two, uh full court press that is really really good. Uh gave it certainly gave Washington some problems and it'd be something that they'll utilize from time to time as we go through the season. But for me, when I look at this upcoming stretch, I look at how are they going to handle the marquee players for their opponents? Are they going to be able to minimize their impact uh, and maybe let some of the, uh, the the second tier, third tier players around go loose, or are they just going to suffocate the entire team? And they've shown the ability to really take away the top score or minimize them. You look at Jimmy Butler was a non-factor. You go back to Jalen Brunson, didn't really do much. Uh, Jordan Poole got some buckets. But when you start looking at what specifically Derek White and Drew Holiday have been able to do to opposing 
top tier guards on their opponents. It's insane. You go back and look at the first two games where you have Jalen Brunson and you had Jimmy Butler. They were a combined 0 for 8 when they were guarded by either Derek White or Drew Holiday. Uh, and last night, um, or the other night, what's his name? Um, Jordan Poole, he was like, I want to say like 3 for 7, 3 for 8 when he was guarded by those guys. So they, again, the Celtics are showing the ability to not only deliver dominant play at the point of attack at that point guard, shooting guard, uh, position but then you got to think about damn tatum is giving me 30 damn jalen is giving me 30 damn porzingis could give me 25 and 10 that collectively makes them and al isn't playing major minutes but al's getting you like six seven eight rebounds in like 15 minutes the celtics have shown the ability to adapt their roster and their rotations to whatever they need to do to put others in a very tough spot and their ability to, and we talked about this earlier, having a business-like mentality about it, uh, that's huge for them. And that's why they're, again, they're going to be one of, if not the last team standing in the East, if they continue to play with that mindset and stay healthy. And for those who are curious, right before our next podcast episode, well, right after the next episode, the Celtics will take on that new look Philly team. So you'll be able to see what they look like over there as well but until then we have a lot to look forward to this season as we've said already any final words co-host respectfully <laughs> no <laughs> disrespectfully no I'm, I'm just i'm just looking at gary's light light uh you know magic glow light microphone Beautiful microphone yeah <laughs> showing us up well it should be some good basketball um the subs are off to a good start and we'll see how everything kind of shakes out. It looks like the starting lineup is set. Horford's comfortable coming off the bench. Um, and we'll see how they take on the rest of the league. But so far after a week, they look like one of the best teams. Mm, and, now your boy, and now your boy James <laughs> is home, Gary. So, you know. James is home. LA your is boy. Your classmate. Full circle. <laughs> well, we want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, Ashrod Blakely, Gary Washburn, We'll be back next week with another edition of the A-List Podcast. FanDuel is the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter Odds Are. They're not a sports book, but they're the sports betting advisor you always needed. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket. I've been absolutely loving the experience, and I think you will too. Especially since Celtics All Access listeners get a 30-day free trial. Elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsr.com slash Celtics. That's oddsr.com slash Celtics.